So I was watching Ellen the other day. As one does. Of course. (laughs) I was actually watching the YouTube, you know how it comes up, and Will Smith was on for the new movie Aladdin, Mm -hmm. which I still want to see. I think he'd be an incredible genie. I'd love to see, I haven't seen it either, but I have heard really good reviews about it, so. That's now, awesome. since I have kids, can I see kids' movies? Yes. <laughs> they can't, yeah. They can't go to the silly babies. You silly can't babies. go to the movies. <laughs> silly babies. <laughs> You're just a baby. Why are you acting like a, we'll say that, like, joking around with them, like, stop acting like a baby. Why are you crying, baby? Why are you crying, you little baby? <laughs> we are good parents, I promise. So, he was talking about for his 50th birthday, for the year of it, he wanted to conquer his fears. Things that took him outside of his comfort comfort zone or mm-hmm. pushed him to the next level. Mm-hmm. And so, for example, he jumped out of a plane. He went bungee jumping. He did the Drake video on top of this like crazy building in Europe. Yes. And with each adventure he took... He grew so much from it. Mm -hmm. Because you start to, I think of it like a snake, how they shed their skin. But you start to shed these layers of protective mechanisms around you when you do things that you don't think possible. Mm -hmm. Or I know, for example, I thought when I was a runner, I would never run a marathon. I thought it was stupid. I didn't know why anybody would want to run past six miles. Wasn't in my thought. I thought it was so stupid. You guys are dumb. You guys are stupid. (laughs) So then I decided to sign up for a marathon. And the reason I did that was because, first of all, I think it's just fun in your whole fitness journey to say you've done one. Yeah. And I really wanted to take myself out of my comfort zone and just try to attack something I didn't know if I could do when I signed up. Right. I thought I was pretty confident I could, but I wasn't sure. Never had run past, I think, Eight and a half miles was the furthest. Then I did a half. I guess, no, I'm sorry. I had done a half. So, but it did. It shed some layers, but it also grew personal integrity in me because I committed to something and I stuck to it. So, you know, fear is false evidence appearing real. I like to stick that in, in my head a lot. And things that I may be afraid of, you might not be. I was just talking to a client about this. How my fears are like not having a Lara bar in my purse. Yes. Or something, <laughs> you know, yeah. yeah. Or um, we're going to the lake this weekend with the boys and we don't have room for the rower. I'm scared. Like, well, what am I gonna do in the morning? Like, right now I have a hamstring issue, so I can't run. So I'm gonna have to like get up and like go early to the gym. And so I'm like already trying to, but it's a fear. And sometimes I think it's really healthy. It'll be really healthy for me to go up to the lake without it probably yeah and just try something different and maybe I'll do a yoga practice out by the lake or maybe I'll sleep in with my boys who knows I doubt unlikely (laughs) but I need to let go of the pacifier and challenge myself and so that's what I'm really trying to iterate through this podcast is it small simple things it doesn't necessarily mean your fears have to be bungee jumping or skydiving. Mm-hmm. Those are big things. But that might not even solve, that might not shed anything. Because maybe jumping be out of a plane for you. Bungee yeah. jumping, but something else totally freaks you out. For sure. For sure. Right? For sure. But like, for instance, he was afraid of mice, Will Smith. Yeah. And he was like, do not bring that around. She brought a fake one out. He freaked out. Well, and it made like squeaky noises like it was a real mouse, too. I thought that was very clever. But it's such a great, uh, and maybe one day he'll get there. It sounds like he had an experience with mice at some point in his life. I think what he so. Was saying. 
So that's, and that's a different story too. If you have unrealistic fears about, like I am afraid of dogs that I don't know. Um, I was attacked by, attacked is a strong word. I was playing in my parents' backyard when I was a little girl and a dog came into my parents' backyard and like knocked me over and barked in my face. And my mom came out like in three minutes. I have no idea. I just remember, I have vivid memories of it. Something about that marked on me, like, be afraid of unknown dogs. Absolutely. So that, for me, I don't know how I could ever overcome that. If I get to know your dog, we're tight, we're fine, that's cool. But anytime I, like, even thinking about, when I think about taking, like, our new baby out for walks around, like, the lake and stuff by our house, um, my, my fear is, what if there's a stray dog? Or, like, a dog that got out of its whatever, mm-hmm. its kennel or off of its leash. What would I do? Like, that is that is the, like, thing in my head that I'm always, that's like my Laura bar, if you will. It's like, that's the thing I'm always <laughs> thinking about. Like, what if I get attacked by a dog? And I'm 33. Like, I'm a grown woman. And I understand the likelihood of being bit by a random dog is pretty rare. But it's just, it is, I understand it's an unrealistic fear. And it's something that I have to, like, Process. physically overcome yeah. all the time. So, But it's your fear. Right. I was talking to, uh, doing a nutrition um, training session with a client today, and she was talking about, she has fear of, like, meat, like, big steak yeah. or chicken, and it makes her sick. Like, she has, I call it, like, the pollo fetish, like a chicken mm-hmm. fetish, like, ugh. Like, but she cuts it, and it's served to her like that, she will eat it. And so she said, I don't know if it goes back to, like, when I was young, if I saw a piece of meat and just had a really negative... She experience with it. A lot of chicken at one point. Yeah. But she said, I, I sound like I'm so snooty with having them cut my meat. And I said, no, it doesn't. Yeah, if that's know. the way that you want it, that's the way that you want it. But that's what I mean. It's these, it's conquering these small things and shedding these false evidences appearing real that will lead you to really find the true you that we all want to be. Yeah, and I think Will is necessarily trying to, it sounded like he really enjoyed the experience yes. of the bungee jumping. Like that, that it, it's like, and this is what happens in your mind too, like just as you're about to go do that thing that you don't want to do or that you're afraid of, your mind is like, stop, it's like trying to protect Retreat. you. Retreat. Retreat, yes. don't do it, step away, run away, uh, and then in a situation like where you just took a plane up into the sky, like it's either jump or you have to ride the plane all the way back to home. So I'm sure that situation, you just end up jumping and it's a great way to corner yourself. Something like that's been happening in my career right now. I just um, was required, was whatever. I had the opportunity to hire a new employee and I've had an employee. I have now another part-time employee and something about going through the process of interviewing, mm-hmm. hiring, starting somebody new, training somebody, not really being a mentor, but somebody that's like, I'm now somebody's, new boss or something like that. Something about being in that position really made me uncomfortable. And overcoming that because I was cornered, kind of, because it was required of me to do so by an outside um, motivator. I had an outside expectation to do it, then I was made to do it, thus I did it. And now it's worked out so, so, so well. She's great and everything's it's going really, really well for me. But if I had listened to my fear and ran away and used like, well, I'm going on maternity leave. It's not a great time to do it right now. I don't think I should do it. And I wouldn't like putting it off and putting it off and putting it off. Some of those, and I would not, it would have stunted my growth as a professional person having experience supervising multiple people at one time. So for me, it's been great. But that, 
gave me a lot of love that like oh like mm-hmm. that tight throat feeling where your body or your mind or your like your being is like aware that you're feeling threatened for some reason whether it's real or not but I feel when you keep putting yourself into those positions there's so much good that comes from it yeah. like I couldn't have even imagined I talk about my children now more but obviously but that was the scariest thing for me is to let go of my body, let go of not knowing if IVF was going to work, like all of it. You let go of everything. And I thought kids were okay. I wasn't really excited about them, but I did want to leave a legacy. I can't imagine my life yeah. without them. Like by far the greatest gift ever known, you know, but it took the biggest fear I've ever had to do in my life to get that. So that's what I think from this, you really find out what you want. You find out that you're capable from that situation you were in, that you are capable of doing things that your mind necessarily didn't want to wrap itself around doing. And that's where the growth happens. And kind of recognizing what I was afraid of too, what it, like putting a couple of words Mm -hmm. on it too, the um, Brene Brown thing that somebody said the other day was like, shame hates to have words wrapped around it. Like, as long as you keep shame ambiguous or as long as you keep worry ambiguous or anxiety ambiguous, but as soon as you start trying to really dig into there, like, why am I afraid of this? Like, I'm totally capable of doing this. Why is it giving me, like, anxiety feelings? You can dig in there really, really deep. You'll probably find some stuff that you're not surprised about or some stuff that you are surprised about. But, like, that, it takes a little bit of work maybe to overcome that thing that you're not so sure about. So, the, in this particular situation, it's only paid off in dividends for me at this point. So this is teaching me starting to overcome a fear like that. Let's try that again. What if we tried it again? What Mm -hmm. if we tried something similar that we didn't think we were capable of doing? I think of it like Toastmasters. Like if you're afraid of public speaking and you join a Toastmasters group and then you're required to give like six speeches a year, six toasts, whatever, six presentations a year, Eventually, you become really good at public speaking. That's how all public speakers become good. They practice and practice and practice. It's all about reps. So if it's something that you're afraid of doing, trying it once might not be enough. I don't think Will Smith needs to jump out of a plane more than one time. Unless he He's wants still to be able like, to overcome it. Yeah. Unless you want to be a professional <laughs> skydiver. What are they called? The para... para oh, yeah. What the heck's it called now? I have baby brain still. Damn it. So para, paratrooper. Is paratrooper, it? yes. Yeah. Something like that. I'm going to... Yeah. So if you, if it is something that becomes part of your daily life that you used to be afraid of and now you're not so afraid of anymore, that's good. That's how you overcome it. Yeah. And it's how you keep growing. And that's what I I do like that Brene said that it's, it doesn't matter that it seems inferior to somebody else's. Like you're, it doesn't have to be jumping out of a plane. And like we just said, he was afraid of a mouse Mm -hmm. and I always have seen my biggest success coming from my greatest fear. Always, in all of our stuff. Yeah, especially in all your career stuff, too. Moving from L.A. to not knowing anyone here to opening a gym where we knew no one. Uh-huh. You know, we knew three people when we moved here. Yeah. And growing it. And sometimes I think it's in that. I just was listening to a podcast yesterday, and they were saying, your test is your testament. Like, when you test yourself, yeah. it's your story. It's building clout. It's making you fine. I just finished reading the seal, Living with the Seal book again. Uh-huh. I've read it like four times. I love it. It's you fun. Love book, yeah. It's a fun book and a fun read. But I like it because even Jesse, the guy who hires the seal, says, there is no way 
I w- would have been able to do this on my own. Like I feared all of it. I feared mm-hmm. getting up in the middle of the night and running. I feared sitting in a hot sauna for 30 minutes. Like all of these things yeah. that he conquered that helped then in his professional life, in his personal life. And it really all carries over. I talk to my clients a lot about doing something that they're afraid of every day. I think if you took a little timeline of your day, yeah. you would see like, hey, go out of go out of the way. Like go someplace else. Like go a different route. What are you avoiding yeah. along your day? What have you told yourself? Yeah. Well, and a lot of times our fears become our identities, like being afraid of mice or being afraid of dogs. It becomes part of your identity. So if you're tired of that being part of your identity, like I'm afraid of heights or I'm afraid of flying or whatever... Uh, you can overcome that and then you're released from this like chain of thinking that this is part of who you are. Like I'm afraid of public speaking. If you get tired of that being your narrative all the time, doing it over and over again can really release you from that. I agree. That's actually a really good point. They also talk about like having an alter ego to get through yeah. Fear. What if it's not you doing it? What if it's your alter ego? Yeah. Our friend just recommended that book. I think it's called alter ego, but it's about developing your like Beyonce Sasha fierce yeah. when she's on stage. Yeah. So if it's those little empowering acts that you have to take in order to do something that you don't think mm-hmm. like we, Chris and I were on date night last night and we were asking each other what our superpower was. Like what is your superhero power? Yeah. Everybody has one, yeah. but maybe that's what you need to channel when you're trying to do these things that seem unattainable if you have to remove your identity from it yeah to be somebody else. do you have well, an alter ego i i don't think i do i think i've become much more outgoing when i'm put into like a social situation mm-hmm. and then not because i have feel like i have a different identity that's just kind of how i deal with like social stress is i just become very animated and i want to <laughs> be everybody's friend and i'm great time uh, as far as like telling yourself that it's not you doing it, if you picture the person that you think would be capable of doing I like it that. and becoming yeah. that, that's a great way of thinking about it too. It's like, it kind of goes back to the, what age are you in your mind kind of thing. And if you think about the age that you really are or the capability or the experience that you actually have, it's like you were totally capable of becoming a mom. Yeah. Totally capable. But in your mind, something about you wasn't ready to do it. Mm-hmm. So if you put into your, if you put out into the universe or if you act as if, then you're able to overcome some of these things that you tell yourself you're not able to. What's your superhero power? Oh, my superhero power. Mm. <laughs> it's not a great superhero power. And I don't know if this is what you're talking about or not. If somebody asked me like what I had a really good talent of, it would be at creating analogies to explain complex uh, situations. You're Miss Analogy? I'm Miss Analogy. Captain Analogy? Captain Analogy. So I have uh. found a lot of my job is like communicating between the nerds and the people that need to know the information. So I end up using a lot of analogies to translate. And I've gotten really, really good at it. And people really like This is like such a good YouTube or Saturday Night Live it video. It is such a good um, like argument tool too. So like when I'm arguing with my husband and he's not understanding what I'm talking about, I can use an analogy and there's often a little light bulb moment that happens in there. So I really enjoy the use of the analogy and I have quite a good toolbox of them. That's not really a superhero power, but she's tall, strong, and can fix any situation <laughs> with analogies. <laughs> it's What's awesome. Yours? It's awesome. It's the next Marvel comic uh, movie. Uh, I would say mine's discipline. Yeah. I can out discipline a lot of people. 
So Chris's was he can out love people. Yeah. Like he'll be in a room and he'll like care about them more than it's true. Yes, it is true. Yeah. He makes people do things that they don't think they can do. I love that. He believes in people. More, yes, that's it. More. He's a believer. He's a very... He's Captain Believer. But not in, like, a phony way. Uh-uh. Like, when you talk to Chris, he's so genuine that you think, shit, I should be doing that. Why? Yeah. yeah why am I... It's almost like gets you mad at, like, your situation because somebody else can so clearly see that you're capable of it. Chris is a huge believer, for sure. See, that's way better than an analogy. I gotta think of a better one. You'll think of it now. Damn it. I like it, though. Mine's lame. <laughs> She's Captain Analogier. <laughs> Analogizing everything. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, if it does take a superpower, if it takes an alter ego, whatever it takes to get you past your fears, to get you to somehow visualize yourself accomplishing or overcoming that fear, that's... that's We've talked about this before, but I also think when you naysay something or like, nope, I'd never do that. Nope, I don't want to do that. Nope. And you're real quick to do it. We probably talked about this six months ago. Um, maybe a little longer, but that is your fear. Mm-hmm. A lot of times, cock blocking you. So yeah, they're so stupid. Why would anybody run a marathon? Who runs? Who runs more than six stupid. miles? Metabolically, it doesn't make any sense to run more than six miles. I want to be fit. <laughs> I want to be fit. Yes. There's a kettlebell. <laughs> yes, that is so. That's such a great thing to say too. Though is like. You hear, and I think this happens a lot in the diet world too. If somebody's like, "That's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. Why would you ever not eat yeah. canola oil ever again?" It's like, "Oh, I touched a little nerve there, didn't I?" Are like, you scared of canola? Why are you afraid of canola oil? <laughs> so, Chris, why are you so attached to your canola oil? Chris and I were listening to Andy Frisilla. He is um, he owns a supplement company called First Form. He's big in the entrepreneurial world. Very successful. Mm-hmm. And he does this challenge called 75 hard. Mm. And it's 75 days. You have no alcohol. You have to work out two 45-minute sessions. Work out every day. day. One, in, one outside, one inside. Oh, Meaning activity. It could be walking your dog. It just has to be outside sure. and inside. Um, you follow a meal plan that you choose. So if it's keto, paleo, macro, whatever it is. You have to stick to it, so no processed food, no sugars. You have to take a daily selfie, and you have to read 10 minutes every day of a nonfiction book. And I believe that's it. And you do it for, that's it. (laughs) You do it for 75 days. They say about 1% of people finish, and it fascinated me, and so Chris and I are going to try it, because it scares the crap out of me to do it. Mm-hmm. And the thing that scares the crap about me most probably is the alcohol. I think that would be the hardest. Working out, I would do that. Picture would maybe be a little hard, too, to remember. The daily? Mm-hmm. But I'm fascinated by the fact that nobody can finish this. So I'm like, why? What is, it's not unreasonable. The, 45, the 245s a day would be maybe challenging. Well, obviously, you can do it right now, you it's, know. But It's a great habit former, though, for that purpose. And it's just taking yourself further and further out of your box because that's where growth happens. And that might not be your bag. That's okay. But for me to just like hear it, I never do that. Like right quick to judge. Mm -hmm. I always know that something in me that's scared. Mm -hmm. Because things that I'm just not really feeling like doing, I'm like, that's cool. It doesn't 
doesn't really sound interesting to me right now. You know? Like right. doing a whole 30. If it's not interesting to me at all. Right. I'm not scared of it though. It was interesting, speaking of the whole 30, Melissa Hartberg actually responded to a question of somebody's like, There's no way I could go 30 days without eating chips. Because she was trying to like argue the fact that sweet potato chips just have sweet potatoes in them. And she's like, if you don't think in your mind that you can go 30 days without eating something, maybe you need to assess your relationship with that. 100%. Thing. So, like, if you don't think you can go 30, 75 days without doing XYZ, maybe you should assess your reliance or your identity connection to that thing that if, you think you need to do. If you want to do that, yeah. right? Like, don't, also, don't be like a douchebag about everything, like, right. you know. You give, oh, also a gallon of water a day. That was the other thing in there. But I would probably not do that, as my husband and I both agreed, and any doctor clients of ours listening, that'd be a lot for a little lady. A little lady, yeah, you would. You'd like drown yourself. So, but, you know, whatever. And with that said, that doesn't mean that I'm not doing it. Do you know what I mean? Like, I think people are so black and white. I was listening to, was it, I believe it was a, uh, Rob Wolf podcast mm-hmm. and he was talking about the problem is where uh, we identify ourselves with like I'm, I'm a whole 30 I'm a paleo mm-hmm. I'm a keto I'm a vegetarian I, and then anything comes in their way you like hate it you know it's like well, why, why do you who cares if you're a vegan like have some fish if fish feels good in your body eat it but don't Call you, don't identify yourself as a vegan. Just say you like to eat healthy food. Like, why do we have to do this? Because then we're trying to stick to something all the time. So that's what I mean with, like, the fear stuff, too. It's like, don't just stay in your box or think everything is so black and white. Mm -hmm. I feel like I've noticed this a little bit with, like, Instagrammers and food bloggers that all, like, jumped on the paleo band wagon. And they kind of painted themselves into this, like, very strict box. And now some of them are trying to, like, Keto have a little bit more, like, leniency with rice their diet. Or they're trying to have recipes that aren't paleo, but it's, like, whatever, the paleoblog.com. And it's, like, it's it, it was kind of maybe a little short-sighted to think that it was going to go on forever like that. But it is much better. It's, like, if you want to have rice, and a lot of people, it just sets you up for judgment that way. But a lot of people are, like, yep, I eat rice. It's, like... Of course you do. Why wouldn't you eat rice? It's in my mind, it's like completely acceptable. But for the people that are holding these paleo bloggers yes. to this standard of like, well, you said you're gonna do everything paleo. It's like, well, I changed my mind. Too bad. I like rice. Rice is delicious. Yeah, it isn't. First of all, or rice not cakes with peanut butter. Am I right? Amen. <laughs> <Is that> right? <laughs> it was this morning at five fifteen. <laughs> Get in my mouth, little guy. Mm-hmm. How are you? How you doing? Mm-hmm. Good to see you again this morning. Um, so some, somehow my 75 heart is going to have to allow peanut butter rice cakes. Ooh, yeah. No, I don't. Like, if I sign up for something, I'll do it, you it's know? It's your dedication. It's your superpower. And then I try to channel the fear to the good, right? So you can channel fear to the bad, you can channel it to the good. I try to now look at things, not everything, like I just said, I don't analyze every single thing I do. But if something keeps hitting me and I keep being very negative towards it, I try to really evaluate if it's something I'm scared of, you know. And it's okay to be a scared of a scared. It's okay to be scared of something or to not have, like you said, I just doesn't interest me. But assessing it's an interesting step to take. Why don't I? Why don't I think I can do that? Or why don't? Why don't I want to go bungee jumping? Is it really important to me to do it? Is it an important fear to overcome? 
And then you decide from there. So I'm going to go to a tennis lesson today. Oh. And there's a lot of fears that have come out of that. So for the past three years, I've wanted to play tennis. I played tennis always growing up. I played in college. I, Your grandma's big into tennis. Yep. Yes, yes. We played for a long time. When Chris and I got married, he doesn't enjoy tennis. It's a couple sport. It's hard to find people in Los Angeles to play with. Anyway, it just didn't get on my priority list. I had, quote unquote, no time. So now since I've had the boys, I'm trying to take one hour a week to do something for me. And it's a big step. And I'm no longer, Chris and I just had this conversation because I'm trying to stay accountable to it, saying I'm too busy. Because I'm not too busy for anything. It's what's a priority and what's not. My whole life revolved around I'm too busy. I'm so busy. It was an identity. And I want to lose it. Yeah. And I want a new identity. I want to make space. I have availability. What would you like to do? I have availability. (laughs) I'm available all the time. I'm available. I have vacancies in my schedule. And what has that done? It's opened me up to great opportunities to meet new people to try new things. So I have signed up for a tennis lesson today at 3.30. And already, I'm trying to talk myself out of it. I'm like, oh, I should work. I haven't had any time to it's do it. It's yeah. that voice yelling at you in your yeah. head. Don't you jump don't. out of the plane. Exactly. Exactly. Don't, don't take this. You should be doing this. Don't spend the money. I'm taking the class. Yep. I'm going to tune out the noise because I know it's fear. Because I'm scared I'm going to get on that court and I'm going to suck. So that's where it stems from. I don't like to suck at things. I like to be good at everything. Mm -hmm. Don't we all? Yes. So what I've noticed is that when I'm not really good at something, I don't want to do it. So a lot of times I need to do it. Like I hated gardening. I hated it. But I had to do it one time, one summer, to prove to myself that I either liked it or didn't like it. Because I couldn't say I didn't like it if I didn't put a whole summer into it. I don't like it. I like grocery shopping better than I like Oh, a man. Grocery. I love grocery shopping. You love grocery shopping. I grocery shop for anyone. <laughs> anyone need it Any out there? Side I have vacancies in my schedule. It's a side hustle. <laughs> yep. No, it's the grocery it's gal. It's the grocery it's gal. What if you run a marathon and you sucked at it, you hated it, you never want to do it again? Okay, fine. I don't really... I, I didn't really... I don't know if I sucked at it, but I don't really... I'm not going to say I'll never. I don't know. I don't see myself ever doing it again. But I know today I want to get out on that court and I want to see how it feels. And I'm going to be so empowered after. So I'm trying to know, like, let the fear and the positive drive me. So that's what I mean by it. Why have I for three summers said this and not done it? This is no longer going to happen. Because if I get out there and I don't enjoy it, I'll know right away. Uh It's not... It's not going to be right in my schedule. I'm not going to make tennis a priority when I'm a mom of two and own a business if I'm not finding joy in it. But that's two different things. But I've now conquered my fear. Of starting. Yes. Yes. The fear of the start versus the fear of the maintenance of it is, mm-hmm. are two different things. But trying new things is something that we don't often take ourselves out of the right. comfort zone to do. And we have usually so much fun. It's usually fear that stops us from doing it, too. Chris and I just got tickets for our anniversary. We're going to go see. His name's Sebastian Monticello. He's like one of the top comedians. He's hilarious. But he's going to randomly be in Wichita, Kansas. Oh. And it's on our anniversary weekend. Oh, cool. And so we were just, we just bought tickets. Let's go. And I just got a room. And now we're going to go. <laughs> And it's seven hours, and I hate the driving in the car. I'm not, and it's like all these things though. This is what I'm trying to really hone in on. It's little. It is. But these little things are big in our brains, and it's 
the sky it's it's almost like you don't you don't make a million dollars overnight and even if you did you would never know how to get it and it wouldn't feel rewarding Mm -hmm. and that's what i want you guys it's the day in day out little fears Mm -hmm. that when you start conquering them then it turns into the big stuff yeah the the you get a little momentum going it's almost addictive i think i can do that now look at me and then you get a little more momentum what else could I try that I didn't... A great example of this, Tyler set up a... Um, he's much more of like a gatherer and like a thing together or people. And I like to keep very like safe boundaries around the people that I work with versus the people in my personal life. I've done that forever. There's really no point to it because it's just getting to know people. It's like letting people in. And there's a certain amount of like intimacy and in going out with people that you work with. Mm-hmm. It changes your relationship. Totally. So he got a bunch of people from work together to go to trivia night. Guess what? I had a great time. But all the way up to him, I'm like, oh, this is so weird. Everybody's going to think it's weird. Why are you doing this? I don't know why this is happening. But a voice in my mm-hmm. head. And now it's like we all have a little bit of a stronger connection. We all know a yep. little bit more about each other. The gym is a lot like that. Yeah. Coming to the gym. Yeah. Everybody, I would say it's probably one of the biggest fears of people. It's just being around other people. Yeah. The gym environment. I'm not going to live up. They're going to think I suck. I'm fat. I'm not fat. I'm too, I'm too skinny. You know, whatever it is. I don't have any muscle. But everybody loves the gym when they come here. Yeah. After you get a, like you get a little momentum going. Go and to it's a class, community and it's fun. The, yeah. the thing about that's the external um, obligation to the external expectation of the gym. You're trying to do stuff all the time. Yeah. Everybody's trying to do stuff. All yeah, the time. it's fun. Everybody's trying to push themselves, so it's a good environment. So guys, go out and do something you're scared of. I hope this podcast resonated with you. It really hit hit a chord to me. Yeah. And um, hopefully we'll have baby baby Ebeth. Baby Ebeth number two. I like two. that. <laughs> it's baby Ebeth number two. Yes. That'll be yeah, I'm doing two weeks from Saturday, so we'll see how it goes. Yeah, so we'll probably be back in uh, you know, a month or so. Maybe I'll come over like I did the last time yes, that, was so that was fun. Well, Alright guys, have a good week. Take care. Go do something you're scared of. Bye.